0: To WNHHLP 103.5 FM, New Haven's home for community radio. I'm Mubaraka Ibrahim, and this is Mornings with Mubaraka, where we talk about national issues from a local level through a lens of diversity. You're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, also streaming live on newhavenindependent.org. We can, uh, you can also follow us on Facebook, on the newhavenindependent.org site, uh, Facebook page, or the Fit Muslima Facebook page. I am excited, very, very excited this morning because I love going places and meeting new, awesome people. And so recently I attended a conference in California Um, It was awesome because, of course, it's California and it never rains in Southern California. So it was awesome weather. (laughs) Um, And I was there when we were having like major storms here in Connecticut. So I'm in California and the sun is shining and everything looks wonderful. And I go on my social media and I see full trees snapped in half in Connecticut. And I'm like, wow. Oh, that looks bad, but I'm in California, (laughs) but that's a side note. (laughs) What I loved about California was meeting and networking with so many amazing people who are doing amazing things. And one woman that I met just absolutely fascinated me because, you know, I love when women break glass ceilings and they get what they deserve, first of all, um, and particularly when it comes to pay equity because um, we are in a country where pay equity is something that we are still fighting for. So I asked her to come on the show. She is not just... An amazing uh, entrepreneur. She is also a woman in tech, which is awesome. So I would like to welcome Laura Hansen to our show. Welcome, Laura. Thank you for joining me.
1: Thank you for having me here. I'm so excited to have met you and to be joining you this morning.
0: I am really excited to have you, have you with me. Um, part of the reason why um, I was so intrigued when you told me about what you were doing is that pay equity is something that we work on a lot here in, uh, or we talk about a lot here in Connecticut and in many of the circles that I run we talk about women in quality and women pay equity. And so I thought it was really, really fascinating, particularly to talk about um, pay equity in terms of women in tech, because there is such a, uh, there is such uh, a low percentage of women in tech. And we hear all of these many stories about how girls are not encouraged to go into the tech field. and, uh, that's one of the reasons cause it starts very young, but you have not only, uh, in the tech field, but you have excelled in the field. So tell us a little bit about what you, what you do, um, and a little bit about yourself.
1: Sure. Well, you know, I wear two hats, um, the, the first hat is my my day job hat. So I, I – well, let me back up. I'm the founder of Developer, uh, which is a career development platform that I founded to help women like myself develop and advance their careers. But I don't do that full-time. I am still a practicing software engineer. I love to write code. In fact, before we hopped on a call this morning for the show – I got in a full morning of coding to get some, uh, to get some code out for a release that we're doing. Uh, I love to write code that much. And so by day, I write uh, code and I work in software and I'm getting trained on information security and I work for a Bay Area FinTech company. And in my free time, if that's not enough <laughs> to keep me busy, uh, I founded and I run Developer, which is a career development platform that I founded for tech women to highlight actual technical women. Um, and I focus on highlighting uh, top tech women uh, about their careers. So, you know, I, my first episode on my podcast, The Developer Show, uh, I had candid interviews with uh, the VP of Engineering of Crunk Club and have since Every other week, rolled out an episode where I talk with CTOs, CIOs, VPs of Engineering, Engineering Executives who are actual technical women, with technical degrees, and we have uh, peer conversations about what it what their career path really looked like, and how they were able to, like you said, break those glass ceilings. So, uh, if you can't hear me smiling, I'm smiling ear to ear. I love what I do, Developer. It just you know hearing these stories about women being inspired and understanding that that they're not alone is just so important to me mm-hmm.
0: uh, you know we hear a lot of um we hear a lot about women lacking representation in the science and technology fields and uh we're told from research um and uh and uh I guess a lot of talking news heads more than anything, uh, that girls are discouraged at a young age to be proficient in science and in math. Um, what, how old were you when you started getting interested in the, the sciences? And do you feel like it was something that you just gravitated towards? Or do, did you have parents that intentionally encouraged you that way?
1: You know, there. I know exactly the moment that was pivotal for me. Um, I was in first grade, and my dad. This is going to sound so silly, but my dad took me aside. And my dad's a, a surgeon, but he was a physics major in college. And he took me aside. I was in first grade, and before they taught me how to do this uh, through the the first grade curriculum, this is going to sound silly. He taught me how to borrow, and. <laughs> So I learned this from my dad. It was kind of a father-daughter moment. Uh, I didn't get a ton of time with him when I was a kid because he was always working. But he sat down and he spent time with me, taught me how to borrow. And because he did that, when they when it came time for them to teach that to me actually in school, I already knew to, knew how to do it. So that got me in the advanced courses. And then from there, like the rest is history. I mean, mm. I, I remember taking the calculus um, – B.C. in high school, and never even having to really struggle with it. It's just math made sense to me. And it was because I learned early on and was encouraged. And I'm not just I, – I, I think with my whole brain, so I'm not lo, right or left-brained or just science or just art. I'm actually really creative, as too, which, too, which people you know, don't really associate with tech women, uh, but – Now, I was a competitive writer in high school. Uh, I was an artist. I still love those types of things. But because I had this natural propensity for math, uh, which kind of went along with science, uh, a lot of my teachers and especially my parents kind of paved that path going, look, this isn't isn't every girl that you see who's really good at it and doesn't fight. Uh, being interested in it. So that path was a little bit paved for me because someone took an interest in showing me how to do something early on so that I could get ahead.
0: Mm. Now, did you find yourself uh, um, surrounded by boys as you went, as you advanced inside of the sciences?
1: Oh, absolutely. In fact, it's normal for me. I, I feel normal walking to, into a room where I'm one of the only woman or one of one of two. And my earliest memory, I got into computer science at an early age uh, because my parents put me in computer science and they actually, they didn't know what they were doing at the time. I'm the oldest <laughs> of three kids. My mom is a school counselor. My dad's a surgeon. And I had one extra elective as a freshman in high school. And they didn't know what to put me in, uh, what I should take. So because they didn't, they, they asked their friends, and their, their son had gone on to MIT. Their daughter had gone on to Duke. And they said, okay, maybe you know what you're doing. Lauren has one extra elective. What should we put her in? And they said, enroll her in computer science. Not how you use a computer like Excel or Microsoft Word, but computer science. So my parents, without even knowing what computer science was, they enrolled me in computer (laughs) science as a freshman in high school. And I will tell you, I hated them at the time because I was one of only two girls in a class of all guys. I swear they did this for fun uh, in their free time. And I had no idea what they were teaching me. And my parents couldn't help me at all either because they didn't know what they were teaching And because they did that, uh, I went on to take the AP course the next year, uh, maxed out computer science in high school. So I took my junior and senior year off. Um, But then when I uh, entered undergrad, I was light years ahead of my peers. So all my, my, my friends are struggling with computer science concepts their freshman year, and I've got it figured out. And because they did that, it is hands down one of the decisions my parents ever made for me because I've been able to pick up coding concepts because I learned it at a young age and I actually left tech after college I took a seven-year break from tech and then I got back in at age 29 and because I had such strong foundation in computer science from as early as a freshman in high school I was able to teach myself iOS when it was brand new and emerging and really just leapfrog everyone along the way who had someone teach it to themselves. And it, I mean, it changed the trajectory of my life, but all going back to one course.
0: I was going to say that's a for the tech field. That is a huge break. Like technology increases like tenfold every month, it seemed. And the fact that you were able to jump back into it and excel in it, it there, was there any... Uh, um, did you have any reservations about jumping back in technology at the tech field after such a long, long hiatus? Oh, I was
1: terrified, Um, but I was more terrified of what my life would look like if I didn't make that jump. Um, I had been out of tech for a while, but I knew those jobs were disappearing that I, you know, I remember crying on a couch going, I need a job. I am, is in severe debt five-figure debt and I need a way to pay my bills and I need people to call me back and I need to be marketable and at the time uh, my sister was getting her master's uh, and she was taking an iOS course and I think it was like Thanksgiving meal or something like that and she had a bug in her code and without even knowing the language, without even touching tech for seven years, uh, I was able to help her debug it, and I was just good at it. And being the pesky little sister that she is, I have to thank her for this, she really encouraged me uh, to get into tech. And I recognized, you know what? If I really invest uh, a year, a couple years of my life in just taking a, what I thought at the time was a step back, but I looked at it as an investment period, and really diving into the tech and learning it, I will never have to worry about employ, my, my employability. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, I, I don't have to reach out to recruiters. They reach out to me unsolicited. Uh, I have highly marketable skills. I'm, I'm making now more than I ever could have dreamed of uh, six years ago. I actually had some major setbacks along pay along the way, as you know. Um, But within two years of getting back into tech, I was one of only 100 innovators who were invited as part of a British Airways United Nations event uh, to brainstorm ideas on how to bridge the global STEM, STEM, STEM divide. And this is... I'm invited alongside the founder of Craigslist, who founded, uh, sorry, the founder of Craigslist, Craig Newmark, uh, the founder of the sci fi and Major League Baseball networks, and then me. I had just gotten into tech two years later. And so in that two years, I was able to catapult myself to the level of I'm sitting next to them flying cross country. Uh, and then the nose of a 747 private British Airways jet going to the UK G8 you know, uh, uh, innovation event to present to the United Nations. And that's because I saw that as an investment in myself.
0: Awesome. That is that is absolutely amazing. If you are just tuning in, you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM. New Haven's home for community radio, also streaming live on newhavenindependent.org. This is Mornings with Mubaraka, and we are talking with Laura Hansen about uh, women in tech and pay equity. Here's a couple of stats for you. Um, Women only own about 5% of tech startups. They earn only 28 percent of the computer science degrees and only seven percent of the partners at top 100 venture capital firms are women. So women are uh, underrepresented in in the technology field. And what in addition to that, the pay for women in technology, whereas nationwide, it is 76 cents on a dollar in tech. It is 80 cents on a dollar. But there are much greater pay equities than that, Laura. You discovered that you were not you were being underpaid. Tell us a little bit about this story.
1: Yes, yeah, so four years ago, I um, was two years into getting into tech. I, I had accomplished a lot. I worked on a number of very high profile uh, tech pro, uh, projects. I had been invited to the United Nations. I was running in a very high-profile internal committee at the company, and I was on a large uh, engagement at the time. I was in a, a critical engineering leadership role, getting the Starwood Hotels and Resorts uh, iPhone and iPad apps to market. And, and we were being featured as one of only 27 apps, uh, that were featured as an Apple iOS 7 keynote launch partner. And I have this really awesome screenshot of that keynote and uh, our app is featured right next to Facebook. Mm-hmm. So I'm working on a really high profile project. I kept uh, had a lot of accomplishments and this, this guy uh, pulled me aside and it wasn't just any code word, this was, this was a guy. And he, he was uh, having a moment and he complained and said, now it's really difficult for me to live, and then he gave me his salary, uh, and then he said it was really difficult to live on that salary in a very nice part of Dallas. <laughs> and it was like someone had punched me in the stomach because I was not only uh, a significantly more senior than this guy, uh, but I was training him, uh, I was managing all of his work and I was, I, mean, I was fixing his code left and right. He'd write code, and I was fixing all of it. Wow! And the salary that he complained to me about was not only exactly what I was making at that time. And remember, I had significantly more experience than him and I was training him. But mm-hmm. more importantly, he was making 50%. thats 5 5-0. 50% more than me than when I was at his level. Wow. And I mean, it, I knew I had been underpaid and every time I'd gone in and heard great things about, uh, you know, you're great, you're doing great work, keep doing what you're doing, they'd gone so far as to say, we want to, quote, take advantage of all the work that you're doing, and I I thought, great, now I'm finally going to get paid, I'm, quote, there, and I'll finally get paid more, and I'll get paid market value, and i I kind of timidly asked to get paid more, and they they give me like a very trivial bump. Um, and when I push back on that, they go, "Well, you're just not quote there yet." Mm-hmm. And I was naive enough to think that, well, okay, that just means I need to accomplish more. And when I accomplish more, when I quote get there, then I'll be paid what I worth, what I was worth. And I believed that. I thought it hook, line, and sinker. Until that conversation with that male co-worker, and I realized, oh, no, Lauren, uh, if you are ever going to be paid equal to a, a male peer, you've got to do this for yourself. And I realized the hard truth that it's, it's not how good you are at what you do. Mm. It's not your accomplishments and what you've done that determines you get paid someone's not just going to show up and say you've done a fantastic job now we're going to pay you what you're worth but mm-hmm. you have to own it yourself you have to advocate for yourself and you have to be able to negotiate and communicate your value in order to get paid and i i mean that was four years ago I drew a line in the sand uh, i went out I, I read every book on negotiation i could find I didn't just read the books. I I took some some courses uh, and uh, attended some workshops. Um, I went out and I hired personal female negotiation coaches. Yes, those exist. (laughs) Wow. I paid. Yeah, no. I I tracked them down, and I paid thousands and thousands of dollars of money. I I did not have at the time. I mean, it completely pained me to spend the tune of five to $10,000 to get someone to help coach me through the situation. But my mindset at the time was, this is not an expense, Lauren. This is an investment. This is an investment in yourself. This is an investment in your career. And this is an investment in your future in your family's future. Mm-hmm. And because I went out and I learned that and I me it was painful partying with that money I still remember like that gut-wrenching feeling of going I don't have this money but I know I need to I know I need to get someone in my court Mm. because I did that less than two years after learning I was underpaid I had tripled my salary
0: that's amazing
1: yeah when I say I tripled That's an additional six figures that I didn't just make one time. I make that additional six figures year after year after year.
0: So let me let me share with our listeners some some more stats about women in tech. So for women in a tech industry under the age of twenty five, they earn on average twenty nine percent less than their male counterparts. Women receive lower salaries salary offers than men for the same job at the same company 63% of the time and about 74% of young girls express interest in STEM fields and computer science but looking at the statistics it is it takes it's going to take some determination or some really good coaching and mentoring to help you along the way I am impressed with the fact that not only did you uh Triple your salary—that is amazing. You have to tell me: was that in a series of negotiations for higher salaries? Did it come along with new projects? Uh, what it? What was the? What was some of the uh, milestones in you having to triple your salary?
1: There were multiple steps in the process. I did it over a course of two years. Um, yeah, you know, first was getting, you know, getting a small win and getting, you know, a small adjustment at the company that I was at at the time. It it involved me walking away and leaving a job, um, which was a critical decision. I mean, for me in negotiation, one of the important things is knowing when, you know, just cut your losses and Mm. someone's never going to pay you what you're worth. And, you know, I had that aha moment what I for, for me when I negotiate, I know it's really important to ground myself in data. like the engineer in me that relies on data to make decisions just said I need to be overwhelmingly convinced. Mm-hmm. So I did really thorough research. I've got a number of resources that I personally vetted that I rely on that that, that I actually talk about in my course. And I went into this negotiation, I was talking, uh, this had been escalated all the way up to the executive level, and I was talking with the VP uh, who was in charge of all of compensation, and he asked me what I wanted to make, and I told him. And then they, they pushed back, they're like, oh, well, that's not what our numbers say. And they gave me a number, this would be right on with your stats, they gave me a number that was less than 70% of what I had researched my market value to be. Mm. Um, and then I asked him, I asked him a critical question, I said, well, where, where did you get your numbers? And I had prepared that question in advance because I knew that when I got the pushback, which I knew I would get, that I, I honestly was paralyzed at the moment. Like, I couldn't think on my feet. So I had actually prepared a question, and I asked that question. And because I asked that question, I learned that they had gotten their number from a number of reports, and then he cited one specific report in particular. And I had read that report. And Mm -hmm. not only had I read that report, I knew exactly what that report said. And that report backed my number.
0: It backed your number, not his number.
1: (laughs) Yes, it wasn't said. I knew exactly what it said. Mm -hmm. And so instead of shrinking away, you know, if I hadn't done my research, instead of walking away, instead of backing down and beating myself up and letting, you know, the inner critic overcome me, this was hands down. One of the most powerful moments in my career. And instead of having a a meltdown moment, I, I looked him in the face and I, and I still remember what I said to this day. It was that powerful. I go, Oh, that's interesting. I too read that report. And I know that's not what it (laughs) said. It was just like (laughs) mic drop. The room went silent. Would have loved to been a fly on the wall. Priceless. (laughs) Yes, he knew. He knew that I had read that report. He knew that, like, uh oh, uh, she read that report and she just called me out.
0: Wow. And and
1: for me, I knew that they weren't negotiating in good faith. They weren't negotiating with actual market data. And so I knew I needed to walk away. And because I knew to walk away. I wasn't just walking away. I was walking towards companies that did want me and did want to value my contributions and compensate me for that. And so that was one of the first steps, but you know, it was multiple steps to get there. And it's not like you just go out and learn to negotiate and then boom, you're paid more overnight. It's a process. And it for me, it took at least two years, um, but it wasn't, I was underpaid for those two years is I was progressively making more and more and building that confidence. And mm-hmm. now that's, just only four years later. I, I mean, I, my own friends don't recognize me. My life changed in ways I could have never believed. And mm-hmm. now I'm not only a top, I can confidently say I'm a top paid tech woman mm-hmm. and I'm not only making a very good salary and granted I am paid like a Silicon Valley top Silicon Valley engineer to work from the comfort of my own couch uh, here in Dallas. I have no commute and, and and it is wonderful. But I am also, I am working in my dream job. Um, I am doing what I love and I am living out how I define success. And I was able to achieve that because I sat down and I determined what that success looked like for me. I pursued opportunities that would provide that. And then I negotiated for that arrangement. And I I am, if you saw me, I am smiling ear to ear because I am loving life. And that's because I went out, I decided, you know what? No one's going to serve this up to me on a platter. I I knew, I found out I was underpaid. And the way I looked at it, I had one of three choices. I could, I could, I could blame myself and, and uh, beat myself up and I could stay second, uh, second underpaid. Um, the other easy thing for me to do would have been to point the finger at my p- employer and, and expect others to fix it. The third thing that I, that I saw I had an option with was I could accept that you know, this is not my fault. Well, it's not my fault. I recognize that I alone could accept responsibility and that i could i could choose to invest in myself and learn the skills that i needed to change my life mm. and that's what i chose i decided that you know what lauren you are a powerful woman you can choose to own your own outcome and so i didn't wait for someone else to change my life i recognized that i have power and that i can learn these things for myself and, and that's exactly what I did. And what I love,
0: what I really love about your story is the fact that you just took it upon yourself to define your own success. And really love that you're helping other women do the same. And you've actually, you're, at, so Lauren Hansen is the founder of Develop Her, a career development platform for tech, for tech women by tech women. I love that because I am such a huge proponent of women uplifting other women. The view from the top is much better if we have people to share it with. And you've actually developed a course to help women learn how to negotiate, particularly for women in tech negotiate her. I love the her at the, at the end of, you know, I'm a branding and marketing play person, so Everything. That's the
1: creative side of me coming out. I had a lot of fun with the brand. Awesome. I, ran, <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but I ran a career development company in that seven years that I took off from tech. I ran a career development company and it was called the resume girl. And I helped thousands of young professionals, mainly college students and recent graduates because I was like 23 at the time, uh, Mm -hmm. develop and advance their own careers. Um, And Mm -hmm. so for me, I've always had fun with branding um, and developer. I love it. It's just, it's part of, you know, it's not only a female developer, so it's develop her, like a female developer, but it's also develop her, like career, like developing that. And if, if I can share a personal insight, you know, for me, I had, I had some emotional setbacks and the difficult stuff that I went through um, in this journey to get paid more. And for the longest time, I used to beat myself up going, well, you're just a developer. Um, Actually, someone had told me that to my face. They said, well, you're just a developer. And it was a way of putting me down. that wasn't the worst thing that that had been said to me i mean i had a, a young guy tell me to my face that i'm his minion and and far worse <laughs> what? but for some reason the you're just a developer stuck with me and i let that hold me back uh for the longest time saying was well, you're not creative you're not a business owner you're not you know all of this and then and then i realized you know what I I am a developer and, and I put the word and in there and I'm doing all these other things. Look what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And so there is absolute irony (laughs) that for the longest time, the phrase, you're just a developer, I let that hold me back. And then here, my company to empower tech women is called developer. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's... It's a little inside joke to me, but for me, it's not enough for me to go out and learn to do this myself. Anyone who knows me knows that I have a real sense of ownership. And that story going, you know what
0: That story is such the epitome of let your haters fuel you to success. <laughs> I love that story. <laughs> Like, yes. you, you know, you took something that <laughs> that was said in a negative connotation and you owned it and turned it into something empowering. I absolutely love exactly. it.
1: <laughs> yeah, And at the same time, you know, people say, you know, there's this gender income gap. There's pay, you know, pay uh, equity problems. And I don't I don't I don't. Supposed to say I have it all figured out, but I certainly figured out enough to really change my life and change my outcome. And, and I've coached and helped a number of other people figure it out and transform their lives too. And everyone's saying, well, someone should do something about that. And I just, you know, I asked myself a different question and I said, well, um, Lauren, are you that? Are you someone? And I was like, yes, I am someone. Okay, well, then I'll do something about it. Mm. And I decided I'm not going to wait around for at saying someone should do something about it, um, I kept hearing other tech women go, you know, uh, I feel like I'm not going to get there, like the the ship has sailed for me or that it's not possible to have success. And at the same time, I'm cold calling these executive women and having these candid conversations with them. And I'm knowing, well, their path to success wasn't straight. And And I said to myself, well, someone needs to tell these stories. And I recognize, well, Lauren, you're someone. <laughs> and that's, I will tell you, I did not know the first thing about running a podcast. Mm. But I did I did know this: I am willing to get on the air and call, cold call tech women executives and get them to tell their stories. And I will pull those stories out and I will turn it into teachable moments. And that's how the developer show with Lauren Hassan podcast got started. As I just said, I don't know how to do it. But I know these stories needed to be told, and if I don't tell them, then who
0: will? That is abso- that is really- absolutely and- amazing. That is uh, really another testament to your 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 gumption and your taking uh, taking ownership of changing your own trajectory. Tell us a little bit about. We have about five minutes left to the show, so I want you to tell us a little bit about your negotiate her course um, and how you're helping sure. women. So-
1: so I developed. There, there's a teacher in me, um, and I decided that there is a big problem with gender equity, and there's a big gender income gap. And I decided, you know what? I figured this out. Let me pave the way. Let me show other tech women how to do this. And so I set out this summer, and I outlined everything that I did in my own tech career uh, over over the course of four years to to triple my salary, to get that six-figure income jump. And I outlined a course, and I developed it. um, And I knew it was comprehensive. I mean, the the value in this course, I mean, it's easily valued at over $2,000. And it's cost me tens of thousands of dollars to learn it myself from the professionals and then also through the school of hard knocks. And I was preparing for a talk that I'm giving next week, and I couldn't sleep at night. Something in me just didn't sit right. And you know what it was, is that I am sitting on gold. I know how to teach tech women to transform their careers. And I recognize, Lauren, you know what? You are on a mission. Developer isn't just about developing and advancing tech women's lives. It's about making these skills accessible And affordable to them. So, and I called you this weekend and I said, you're going to think I'm crazy. But I am truly on a mission to bridge that gender income gap, one woman, one negotiation at a time. And so I have decided that I am making the course free. I am making it free because my goal is to get as many women on the training call as possible and to show them step by step and walk them through the process that I personally used to transform my career and transform how much I make. And I'm on a mission, and I, it's a movement. So I'm inviting them to join me in this movement to say yes to themselves mm. and learn to negotiate um, and spread the word. Because I believe that that I I I figured it out, and I am that someone. And I am turning around going, who can I pull up with me?
0: And how and can, so how I, can so women join your course?
1: Really easy. So number one, the course is going to be on the first Saturday in February. So that's Saturday, February 3rd. I'm in Dallas, so it's going to be at 1 p.m. Central time. And it's going to be online. So you can do this from the comfort of your PJ sitting on a couch. <laughs> And it's very simple. All you have to do is go to developher.com negotiate. Give me your name and your email, and that's it. And then I will follow up with you uh, in January to remind you that, that you registered. Mm. And then we, I will train you step by step into how I got these transformational changes
0: that is that is such an amazing opportunity for so so many women and i hope that it is that it does start a movement because their tech, the science and technology is really the fields for the future it's the way that you actually can create not just a job but a career for yourself and it's a way that we really um, can advance everything that we do in our society Um, I want to thank you, Lauren, so much for joining me. I love what you're doing. I love what the movement that you're trying to start by getting women to get paid their worth in the tech field. And I want to... Thank you for coming on the show and telling us about your very inspiring story. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> I'm like, so girl power. Now I'm going to go on oh, my whole day girl power, right? <laughs> You're like my girl power inspiration. <laughs> um, and <so laughs> I want to thank you for joining me. For You all inspire th- me. Awesome. For all of our listeners, um, if you would like to know more about Lauren or her course, you can go to developher.com. That is developing in an H E R.com. And I want to thank you for joining me, Lauren.
1: Thank you so much for having me here today.
0: Awesome, awesome. So if you've been tuning in, you've been listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, New Haven's home for community radio. This is Mubarakah Ibrahim reminding you to be a voice and not an echo.